We continue on in our sermon series, The Sermon, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, today we are uh, still in chapter 6 of Matthew's Gospel. It's verses 19 through 21, and then also verse 24. Hear now the word of the Lord. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me once more? God, we pray in this moment that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. We pray, God, that we can hear with clarity a word that you would have us to hear this day that would draw us closer to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Just a couple of weeks ago in this sermon series, The Sermon, uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we were confronted with Jesus talking about our money and giving. In this sermon, Jesus moves from a word about how to pray to once again talking about money, <laughs> matters of wealth and matters of treasure. I mean, come on, give us a break, Jesus. <laughs> Two-thirds of the content of this portion of the sermon is about money, wealth, and treasure. Give us a break, Jesus. Now, if we could all agree that no one would ask for a refund uh, for there being a very short sermon this week, I could kind of sum it all up quickly and we could just get past the whole money conversation and, and go back to life as it was. I could sum things up, if you don't ask for a refund, by just saying, Jesus is talking about wealth and treasure this week because we live in a world where the accumulation of stuff is promoted as one of the paramount pursuits of human life. And we, as followers of Jesus, need to make sure that our priorities are in order. We, as followers of the way, need to be reminded that we cannot serve God and wealth at the same time. And where our heart is, that's where our treasure will be found, or vice versa. Amen. Y'all really didn't think that was it, did you? But it is simple enough, right? It's, it's a simple message. We get it. Too much treasure distracts us from God. The pursuit of treasure, earthly treasure, pulls us away from the pursuit of God. Our earthly treasures play to our sentimentalities and therefore, they become idols. 
and idols are bad. Storing up treasure on earth to the point of serving wealth and not God is bad. Like I said, it's a simple message. It should be easy for us to get. I once had a beloved parishioner who toward the end of her life was moving out of a a rather large home into a smaller one. The larger home, having been home for five, six decades, had become packed full of furniture and knickknacks, sentimental objects, and some objects of value. As the time for her to move grew closer and closer, my beloved friend, she developed a system. When family would come to visit, they would be given a post-it note. And they could place that post-it note on any item in the house, any treasure that is in that house that they wanted. They could put the post-it note on there. Next time they visited, they'd be given another post-it note, and they could do the same. Now, as well-intentioned as this system for treasure mediation was, you can imagine how upset some folks were to learn that cousin such-and-such had already visited Granny six times and laid claim to the curio that other cousin such-and-such wanted who had only visited one time. (laughs) True story. (laughs) A lot of us have been in similar situations. A lot of us are giggling now because we have a really great idea for how to make sure our descendants have a rough time dealing with all of our stuff. (laughs) It is precisely because of this this reality of the human condition and our longing for stuff that, that Jesus makes such claims in the sermon and elsewhere. It is precisely because of this reality of the human condition and our longing for stuff that sermons such as this one really preach themselves. It's not complicated. But, in typical Jesus fashion, Jesus does complicate it. Jesus complicates matters. You see, if it were, if it were just about do not store up treasures where thieves break in and moth and rust and cousins such and such destroy, if it were just you cannot serve God and wealth, then the sermon stays simple. The reminder is clear. Stuff is bad. Too much stuff is bad. Idolizing stuff is bad. But Jesus comes in and complicates things with the whole store up your treasures in heaven piece. Storing up treasures on earth may be bad for one's heart, so store up treasures in heaven instead. That's the message, but that's where things get complicated. How in the world are we supposed to do that? Store up treasures in heaven. Are there storage units in heaven? How much is the rent? Is there a security deposit? Speaking of security, do they have 24-hour security? 
How big are the units? Is there 24-hour access? Are the heavenly storage units, are they, are they climate-controlled? Real question, how do we store up treasures in heaven when we obviously are not there? Jesus, it seems, leaves this part up to the imagination or to the creative inclination to suggest that storing up treasures in heaven can be whatever you think it might be. Today, since Jesus didn't make it plain, I would like to use my imagination, our collective imagination, I would like to use our creative inclinations to suggest that our treasures in heaven are souvenirs of our love on earth. Our treasures in heaven are souvenirs of our love for others on earth. James Bryan Smith is the son-in-law of our beloved Emil and Penny Johnson. And several years ago, Jim wrote a book entitled Room of Marvels. Room of Marvels. That's M-A-R-V-E-L-S for those of you who have a hard time understanding my hillbilly dialect. <laughs> Room of Marvels is a work of fiction grounded very much in experienced life. And it chronicles the journey of a Christian writer through a dream he had while away on a retreat. In the dream, he encounters deceased people, both known and unknown to him in life, all while he journeys toward this room of marvels that he is told is a special place set aside just for him. Along the journey to the room of marvels, the main character experiences grace and love and truth, the praise of God, and the true nature of himself is revealed. And eventually he gets to this grand room of marvels. And much to his surprise, the items that are there are quite ordinary. For example, in the room of marvels, his room of marvels, there is a baseball. It's just an ordinary baseball. It's, it's not signed by Mickey Mantle. It wasn't Hank Aaron's 715th home run ball. It was just an ordinary baseball. A baseball that earlier in life he had caught and given to a friend. A friend who did not receive many gifts in life. A friend who felt very much unloved in life. This baseball there in his room of marvels to him, you know, it's, it's, it's just a baseball. But to the recipient of the baseball who is now deceased, it was the kindest thing that anyone had ever done for him in his life. It's just the baseball. For him, it was oh so special. In the room of marvels, it is a souvenir of love. 
It is a treasure stored up in heaven. Another marvel was a card that was made out of construction paper. It had crayon drawings on it. It was a gift that he gave to his mother as a child. He forgot about that. He didn't remember doing this. But there it is in the room of marvels. It's just a small thing to him. But it was the world to her. Something that she cherished far more than a curio. It was a souvenir of love. A treasure stored up in heaven. A small gesture, an ordinary object. Treasure in heaven. I wonder. I wonder what's being stored up in our rooms. What ordinary things are, are being stored up in our rooms? Because of God's abundant love for creation, we are surrounded by treasure. Treasure, treasure everywhere. And we spend too much of our time and too much of our energy, we spend too much of our lives on a quest for treasure that does not matter as much as we think it matters. All the while, there are these other treasures all around us that take shape in the form of kindness and love and generosity and hospitality. These are the treasures of heaven. These are the things that we should quest for. Kindness and love and generosity and hospitality. This is the stuff of life in Christ. And since you are made in the image of God, and you are made in the image of God, capable of sharing kindness and love and generosity and hospitality, God has also forged you into a treasure. That's right. You, too, are God's treasure. There's a big old post-it note right on your forehead. It says, God's. God has made you a treasure so that you can share God's richness with other treasures in this life in ways that are great and small. But make no mistake about it, in the storehouse of heaven, all acts of love and kindness and generosity and hospitality are great. There is no small. And you are great. You are great because you are God's treasure. So spread the love. Spread the love while you are here as best as you can for as long as you can. Store it up. You see, listen carefully. 
everything that is is God's great big room of marvels. We're in it now. Thanks be to God that we get to have a little room of our own. And we get to bear witness to it. On earth, as it is in heaven. Let us pray. God, thank you for all the treasure that surrounds us, for all the great ways that we get to experience it through your love, through your kindness, through your generosity and hospitality. Thank you for allowing us to share in it by being such things for others as well. God, reorient us so that we continue to chase after the right kinds of treasure. We pray, God, that you help it to become our life's greatest quest. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people say,